Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of Acts. Well, hello and good morning there, friends and faithful listeners. Today we are in Acts chapter 21, and we're going to be talking about kind of a tough portion of scripture today. In fact, this is my second take. I don't think I've ever had to re-record an episode before. This might be my first time doing this. Because my first take on this, I think just was kind of confusing. So I decided to re-record it and see if I do better the second time. So this is Acts chapter 21, verses 17 through 26. We're going to be talking about adherence to the Old Testament law and also Paul finding out that the Jerusalem Christians kind of hate him. So let's read this. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. as usual. When we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. The day following, Paul went in with us to James and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he reported one by one the things which God had worked among the Gentiles through his ministry. They, when they heard it, glorified God. They said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. They have been informed about you, that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children and not to walk after their customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet. For they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you to do. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and purify yourself with them and pay their expenses for them, that they may shave their heads. Then all will know that there is no truth in the things that they have been informed about you, but that you yourself also walk in keeping the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written our decision that they should observe no such thing, except that they should keep themselves from food offered to idols, from blood, from strangled things, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men and the next day purified himself and went with them into the temple, declaring the fulfillment of the days of purification until the offering was offered for every one of them. So Paul has finally arrived in Jerusalem and he knows because of all the prophecy that's been told to him over the past like months, that if he goes to Jerusalem, he is in for a very hard time. But then in verse 17, it says that when they came to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. So I can imagine this is almost like a sigh of relief for everybody that's in Paul's party. Like the second they get off the ship, a huge mob doesn't swarm them or something like that. But they're received gladly by all of the brothers and sisters in the church of Jerusalem. And it says that the day following, Paul went in with us to James and all the elders were present. Now we know that James was the earthly brother of Jesus. And James so far, from what we've seen of him, has actually caused a shocking amount of problems (laughs) for Paul. The first time we see James in the book of Acts, he caused some problems with the argument of circumcision. From context, he was kind of on the side of Gentiles needing to get circumcised. And then James also had a bunch of friends that believed the same exact thing and were trying to cause the the Gentiles in Antioch to get circumcised and stuff like that. So James, and it seems like just in general, the Jerusalem Christians, they really adhered to the Old Testament laws. 
And James very well could have been uh, a part of that. So it says that Paul reports one by one the things which God had worked among the Gentiles through his ministry. So he's like, look, you guys, you know, God worked in Corinth. He worked in Ephesus. He worked in Antioch. He worked in all these other Greek areas. And so he's he's relaying everything that had happened in the years prior to this. And when everybody hears all this, they're actually super glad. It says they rejoice. They glorified God. And so now the elders and James say to Paul, they like throw this like bomb on him. They're like, you see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed. And they are all zealous for the law. They have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses telling them not to circumcise their children and not to walk after the customs. So suddenly Paul finds out that the Jerusalem Christians hate him. And I can imagine he had a little bit of an inkling about this just because of the things that Paul has suffered before with all these weird narratives being said about him that he refuses to follow the Old Testament laws. But in actuality, Paul never told anybody to stop following the Old Testament laws if that's what they were doing. But he promoted grace to the people because Paul understood that if you follow the Old Testament law, you can fall into legalism. And the reason I say that is because the Old Testament law was based mostly on laws or rules on how you can get closer to God before Jesus came down to earth. But Paul understood that now that Jesus had come down to earth, we were living in an era of grace. So when people focus too much on works, as the the Jewish Christians often did, they were not understanding the grace that Jesus gave them. So specifically to the Gentiles, Paul actually never promoted them living by the law, which is funny because even the elders here in Jerusalem didn't promote the Gentiles to live by the law, because here's what it says in verse 25. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written our decision that they should observe no such thing, except that they should keep themselves from food offered to idols, from blood, from strangled things and from sexual immorality. This is funny to me because why is it that the elders and James here understand that the Gentiles don't have to follow the Old Testament law in order to be saved, but they're almost promoting in a way, maybe not promoting exactly, but at least going along with the narrative that the Jews should still be following in the Old Testament laws. Now, here's the thing about the Old Testament. If somebody wants to follow the Old Testament laws, by all means, I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing that. Now, of course, there are Old Testament laws that we just don't do anymore. Like, for example, animal sacrifice, because first and foremost, we don't have to do that. It's it's unneeded and unnecessary death now because Jesus is our perfect sacrifice. So we don't do the the animal sacrifice listed in the Old Testament. But when it comes to the other laws, like, for example, the no eating of pork or of unclean animals or something, or not getting tattoos or keeping the Sabbath day holy. Those are all laws that are listed in the Old Testament that people, 
Christians nowadays can absolutely follow and do because those specific Old Testament laws show where God's heart was. And so if the Sabbath day was important back in those days, it's certainly important today. But also people who don't follow the Old Testament laws because they believe that they have freedom in Christ and grace given to them and they don't have to follow those specific Old Testament laws. Fine. As long as they are not sinning, as long as they are not breaking the morality aspects of the law. Now, the morality aspects of the law were, for example, the Ten Commandments and actually everything listed here in verse 25 that James and the elders tell the Gentiles not to do. Here's what it says. The Gentiles should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from food offered to idols. So the Gentiles should abstain from idolatry completely from blood, from drinking blood, because first and foremost, that's just bad for you. And it's disgusting from strangled things, which is likely kind of in the same camp as the blood thing. And also from sexual immorality. Now, of course, that is a morality law. So no matter how you feel, basically, about the Old Testament laws, every single Christian should be observing and keeping the morality laws of the Old Testament. Abstaining from sexual immorality, abstaining from idolatry, and generally just keeping the Ten Commandments, because those are all talking about morals the, the right and the wrong way to live and to think about other people, just loving other people and loving God above everything else. So going back to my original point, though, adherence to the Old Testament law, if not done the right way, can become legalistic because a person can start thinking that they're keeping the Old Testament law to get close to God, almost as if their works are getting them close to God. But that's not the case. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Not through keeping the Old Testament laws, not through any other pathway. The only pathway to the Father and to salvation is through Jesus Christ. And Paul understood that. And that was what Paul promoted to the Gentile Christians. He promoted grace, but he never told the Jews of any place that he ever went that they should stop having their children circumcised or something along those lines. He never said to do that. In fact, he told Timothy, you know, Timothy, who was a Gentile man, to get circumcised specifically so that Timothy would be more effective at spreading the gospel to other Jewish people. So Paul never told any Jewish person to stop adhering to the customs of the Old Testament law, but he did promote grace. He promoted the grace through Jesus and freedom from the works of the law. And I think a lot of people just misunderstood Paul, especially the Jewish people that were zealous for the laws, what it says in verse 20. And unfortunately, James and the other elders of the Jerusalem church were not teaching the Jews about grace. They weren't teaching the Jews freedom in Christ. And so these Jews are beginning to hate Paul because Paul promoted freedom in Christ, even though he never told a Jewish person that they need to stop getting circumcised or something along those lines. Paul never said that ever. But moving forward in the, the story here in verse 22, it says that 
you know, Paul's probably blindsided kind of about this revelation that Jerusalem basically hates him. And so it says, James and the elders say to him, what then the assembly must certainly meet for they will hear that you have come. Therefore do what we tell you to do. We have four men who have taken a vow, take them and purify yourself with them and pay their expenses for them that they may shave their heads. Then all will know that there is no truth in the things that they have been informed about you, but that you yourself also walk in keeping the law. So James and the other elders suggest that Paul go with these four men who have taken taken a Nazarite vow and Paul should actually pay their expenses or sponsor them to go to the temple and get their hair shaved because it, it costs a bit of a fee back in these days to take out a Nazarite vow and to finish it. And so James and the other elders are like, Paul, go sponsor these guys because when you take them to the temple to complete this vow, then all the people who are in Jerusalem at the temple will see you there and will realize that you do in fact Uh, agree with the Old Testament laws and that you walk with the Old Testament laws. And so Paul does it. And a lot of people think that, you know, Paul compromised on his his beliefs, but I don't believe that at all. Because if you if you go over to first Corinthians chapter nine and read verses 19 through 23, and I'm reading this out of the NIV, it actually says, and this is Paul speaking, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible to the Jews. I became like a Jew to win the Jews to those under the law. I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those who are under the law to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. And so that's very clear why Paul went with these men to sponsor them with this Nazarite vow. It wasn't like he was compromising on his beliefs because there was nothing wrong. Like Paul did not sin here. There's nothing wrong with what he did by adhering to an aspect of the Old Testament law, but rather he made himself like a Jew to potentially win some Jews for Jesus. That was why Paul went along with this. That is why Paul sponsored these four men and agreed with what James and the other disciples said. It's because Paul was becoming like a Jew, just like he had become like a Gentile. When he was up in Ephesus, he sat at the same table with Gentiles and he ate with them, even though that was considered unlawful, quote unquote, unlawful for a Jewish person to do. He became like a Gentile in those scenarios. And I mean, heck, he even became like a theologian, you know, when he was in Greece. Remember that story where he was like talking with the theologians? He totally changed his tune depending on the situation that he was in. And he explains himself very perfectly in 1 Corinthians 19 that he was willing to change his tune depending on the person he was with so that He could win more people for the gospel. Now, this doesn't include, you know, sinning with people. That's not what Paul is saying here. So if like some people were going and sinning, Paul's not just going to go sin with them, you know, to win them over to God or something like that. Because he even says here, I am not free from God's law. I am under Christ's law. So that doesn't include sin in this circumstance, just to throw that out there. But um, that's why I think Paul 
went along with what James and the elders told him to do. It says in verse 26, Paul took the men and the next day purified himself and went with them into the temple, declaring the fulfillment of the days of purification until the offering was offered for every one of them. Okay, faithful listeners, we're going to talk more about what happens in the temple on Thursday and some of the crazy things, unfortunately, that Paul gets into. Now, I do have to say, since this was my second take on this particular episode, (laughs) I do like this take a lot more. I'm going to keep this one. All right, faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow for an episode out of 1 Samuel 15, which is probably the most criticized portion of scripture in the Old Testament. It is so criticized. We're going to get into that tomorrow. I will see you all then 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Happy listening and God bless.